say you love this country, you say you really care, but America is dying. I don't see no love nowhere. You say you love this country and the freedoms that we share, but America is dying. I don't see no love nowhere. They say America is dying. They say America is dead. But there's a lot of people lying. Hey everyone! Welcome to Around the Campfire with Kate. The introduction, music, and the lyrics entitled America is Dying, But It's Not Too Late by Dave Bray and Jeremy Harrell. Go check them out at Patriot Music on YouTube. Hey, let's pull up a log and enjoy some campfire talk as I touch on more facts about Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton that you may have deep down already known, but wasn't able to prove in, until now. My week was full of questions in my mind with no answers to any of those questions. Uh, like, uh, for example, how did our nation get so far downhill? Why have we the people allowed this to happen? When will it stop? Will it stop? How long do we sit back and do nothing? I still had to go on with daily life, so I kind of pondered those questions throughout the week and still unable to come up with any answers because I'm part of We the People. Now, after doing a little bit of research, and I may have found a solution that may have been overlooked by many of us yet it's been staring at us right in the face. The audio video that you're about to hear confirms much of what we already knew, yet poses a whole new set of questions, such as, why are the elite allowed to get away with murder, human trafficking, lying under oath, setting people up at the highest levels, they get caught with no charges or repercussions. Well, stay tuned to hear if I touch on any of those answers. This is a live call-in show, so if you want to call in and make a statement, ask a question, or just give your opinion, please feel free. The number is 786-245-8127, or you can call in by using Skype through PSN Radio. That number again is 786-245-8127. An extremely important discovery might be lost among the after-debate autopsy. Some partially declassified notes cited by Director of National Intelligence John Ratliff in a letter to Senator Lindsey Graham concerning a briefing in September 2016. It's all about Russian intel finding Hillary Clinton was trying to tie then-candidate Donald Trump to Russia in order to distract from her own email scandal. Democrats are dismissing this action by Ratliff as pure politics. But a very dependable source, Catherine Herridge, says CBS News was told that investigator John Durham turned up the notes and that they, quote, opened a new track in his probe, end quote. This may be what Senator Graham was referring to a few days ago when he was on Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo when he was asked about upcoming revelations. Can you imagine if the shoe were on the other foot? 
that if the Republicans had Something done this. So, Maria, there's a day of reckoning coming. Just stay tuned. And there's more coming. Okay. There's, a, there's something else coming, more damning than this, believe it or not. Of course, this lends even more credence to what I've been saying for a long time. When it comes to corruption, all roads lead to Hillary Clinton. This thing just keeps getting deeper, and that's why the investigation never seems to end. But it will end eventually, and Americans deserve to know as much as possible, but they deserve to know it now. Ratcliffe declassified three pieces of information for Graham. The first was that in the summer of 2016, the CIA asked the FBI to investigate Hillary's plan to stir up a scandal against Donald Trump when he was running against her for president. In late July of 2016, before the election, U.S. intel obtained insight into this plan, which was to tie Trump to Putin and the so-called hacking of the DNC emails. The second piece of information was that then-CIA Director John Brennan briefed President Obama and other senior national security officials on this intelligence, including the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26 of 2016 of a proposal by one of her foreign policy advisors. This was all to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming there was interference by Russian security services. The third piece, that was an investigative referral dated September 7, 2016. It was sent to then FBI Director Jim Comey and then FBI Deputy Assistant Director of Counterintelligence Peter Strzok regarding, quote, U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's approval of a plan concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russian hackers hampering U.S. elections as a means of distancing the public from her use of a private email server. I hope you got all that. I know it's kind of a mouthful, but note the wording. It doesn't actually say the plan was a made-up scandal. One could read this and think Trump really was involved with Russian hackers, even though there was no evidence of this. None. Ratliff wrote to Graham, I quote, Additional declassification and public disclosure of related intelligence remains under consideration. However, the IC, intelligence community, welcomes the opportunity to provide a classified briefing with further details at your convenience, end quote. I'm sure we're going to have more updates soon. I assume Lindsey Graham has received or will soon receive that briefing. But one big question I hope he's going to be able to answer, whatever happened to that referral? At the time, Peter Strzok was just wrapping up the mid-year exam, a cursory look at Hillary's criminal use of a permanent email server for all her State Department work, and he must have laughed at the idea of opening another investigation on her. They were going to be much too busy investigating Donald Trump. For now, I guess the answer to that question is still classified. But we do know that Hillary did precisely what these documents are talking about. She and the DNC were the ones who threw an intermediary law firm hired Christopher Steele to come up with a Trump-Russia dossier. Apparently, the CIA, President Obama, other senior national security officials, and the FBI were all aware of Hillary's scheme in late July of 2016. And they should have been investigating that. Instead, they used her phony dossier, a dossier we now know was as faulty a legal evidence as could be, and they use it against Donald Trump. It also occurs to me that this is just one more piece of information that the FBI had concerning the dossier that they hid from the FISA court. They all knew about the political motivations, not only on the part of Steele, but on the part of Hillary. And they still went after Donald Trump. They should have been looking at Hillary 
And they knew it. The one part of this that really raises my eyebrows is the briefing that John Brennan gave to President Obama. Knowing what we know about Brennan, I can't help but think that they were meeting to see how could they keep the intel about Hillary's plan under wraps while actually helping to further it, particularly as it concerned the DNC hacking. Again, we have no factual evidence that the Russians hacked the DNC. Try as the Democrats might attempt to blame them. Julian Assange from the WikiLeaks still has not revealed his source, but he has been adamant that it was not the Russian state. Now, there's also reason to suspect that it was an inside job. That's right, not a hacking, but a leaking. Regarding the Steele dossier, Rick Grinnell, who was the acting DNI before Ratcliffe was confirmed, had this to say to Liz McDonnell on Fox Business News. The many warning signs were ignored. If we would have been able to see the full package of the information, um, instead of having it uh, really edited down and, and pushed into a direction that the head of the FBI clearly wanted it to go in, uh, I think most people would have come to the same conclusion that Russian propaganda from the beginning had infiltrated into the Steele dossier. Grinnell went on to cite the release of President Trump's tax information just the previous day as an example of the bureaucracy being weaponized against people they don't like. If one of your enemies goes to work inside the government, they can use those tools against you. And there is nothing you can do about it, he said. Well, that's exactly what happened to Donald Trump. And even today, there must be millions of low-information Americans who still believe that he conspired in some way with Russians in order to become president. No one knows how to use and abuse the tools inside government like Hillary. She may have lost the election, but her twisted fictional narrative endured. Interesting. That was very interesting. And the fact of the matter is, is all of that can be proven. And just now, I was sent a tweet by Tricia uh, Flanagan from uh, the Republican senators from New Jersey. Uh, she states, quote, I am getting intel reports that in the next two weeks, Democrats are planning to unleash the forces of hell to regain their power. They know that if they win, they stop investigations, lose, and it's over for them. We're going to straight into this storm. Do not be afraid. Let's roll. Unquote. And she's right. When the Democrats lose, they lose everything. How many watched the debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden? How many had a difficult time digesting that Biden refused to answer any of the questions, but insisted that Trump answer the same questions? The whole debate was two against one. And Trump had to come out swinging and defend himself all the while the mediator was coddling Biden and holding his hand throughout the circus that they called a debate. Well, I could only stomach about 45 minutes of it while I was at a friend's house. And I decided to walk back up the hill, back to Ranch 2.0, where I consider a temporary safe haven. My mind was having a hard time grasping the thought that under a presidency of Joe Biden, 
if he manages to actually steal the election, how he's going to tax all of us to the point that he would legally steal our Constitution, take away our guns and weapons, make it to where none of us can afford our homes, and so that we're placed out on the streets and are homeless and destroy our way of life as we know it as a nation and our families. Oh, he will give to us what we want, like a roof over our heads and food, as long as we bow to him. He already said he was going to do that. And he already began doing these things in the last 47 years in the Senate. And while serving in the White House under Obama for those eight years. Yeah, he has a plan for this nation, all right. But it's not for the American people. So as I walked the railroad tracks toward my property line, I thought about the Chinese track workers from the mid-1800s that laid these tracks and built the tunnel where a few homeless people now call home due to the policies of the Obama administration on the Obamacare. Most of these Chinese people that worked on these tracks are buried in that, the cemetery just right over there across the tracks. It was dark and foreboding on that night, and it matched my mood. It's been four years since the setup of the decade. We all knew that Hillary Clinton orchestrated the setup, but we couldn't prove it. Again and again, the left lied. Now let this sink in. If the left is going to go, to such great lengths and has gone to such great lengths to set up Donald Trump, what will they do to you and me because we oppose them? How many others has the left set up, falsely accused, railroaded, and placed in prison so that they could meet their agenda? According to the letter from the FBI, which there should be a copy on the screen for all to read, and it's also the same letter that Huckabee spoke about in his audio the Obama administration was informed in July of 2016 of what Hillary Clinton was doing and they knew what she was doing therefore Joe Biden knew since Joe Biden claims to be like for the American people and wants everyone to believe that he's like honest to the core why didn't he not speak up and stop it at the time He was vice president of the United States of America. He had the power and the authority to stop it. But Mr. Honest did not stop it. You know, the very same Joe Biden that claims that he has all the answers to save our nation. Then why did he did not fight for the American people the 47 years that he was in the Senate, that eight years that he was in office with, with Obama? Did he suddenly now have a change of heart and he's now for the American people? (laughs) I think not. Joe Biden is equally involved with his son, Hunter Biden, and partakes in human trafficking. He's addicted to pedophilia and child trafficking. How many more innocent lives are going to be destroyed if Joe Biden becomes president? Oh, sorry. That was the show that I did last, last week or... The last time I was on the air. So as I slowly made my ascent 
up the large hill. I tell myself not to worry about something that hasn't happened yet. And we have to live with the choices that we make. And then it hit me. In order to explain the seriousness of our choices in this upcoming election, let me take you back to biblical times long before Jesus Christ was born. Whether you believe the Bible or not, there's many lessons that can be learned through the stories and passages in the books of the Bible. Okay? So let's go into the Old Testament. And let's hit 2 Kings chapter 7, for example. Once I explain the scenario, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about and draw your own conclusions while you see the parallels. This story is of four hopeless and almost helpless men with leprosy. They talk among themselves about life. What else is there to talk about? They have nothing else. Even though they were cast out of the city away from their families and friends, they decided to somehow make a difference. Now, before I go further, let me explain just a little bit about what leprosy is. Leprosy in the Bible times is not the leprosy or the Hansen's disease that we know today. Biblical leprosy is described in Leviticus 13 as a progressive disease. The word leprosy comes from the Greek word lepra, or lepra, depending on what translation, which refers to scabs or peeling. The Jewish word is zerot, which means to have a skin disease. However, zerot also comes from the verb meaning to smite. In Jewish tradition, a leper was smitten by God. In the Bible, leprosy was a very serious physical ailment, but it also had spiritual dimensions. And there's much reason to believe that the segregation of the lepers were regarded in the light of a religious ceremony, as well as a hygienic restriction. Zerot was looked upon as a disease inflicted by God upon those who transgressed his laws, like a divine visitation for the evil thoughts and evil deeds of these people. Every leper mentioned in the Old Testament was afflicted because of some transgression. I can go over all of those people, but that is not what I'm trying to hit in in the theme of what I want to talk about tonight. I want you to imagine. Leprosy was the scourge of the ancient world. Nothing invoked more fear, more dread, or more revulsion than the sight of these walking dead. And that's exactly what these lepers were called the walking dead. The stench of the decaying flesh would announce their coming long before the tattered scraps of their clothing would be seen or the raspy voice that had to cry out, unclean, unclean. And that was the announcement that they had, that were re- they were required to declare so everybody could hear them and get away from them before they arrived. The stumbling shuffle of toeless feet, the wandering of the silent, the, the sightless eyes, and the moaning of the cheekless mouth all pointed to leprosy. This unseen attacker that slowly destroyed the human bodies made the individual an untouchable to society. 
The disease, which we call leprosy today, generally begins with pain in certain areas of the body. Numbness follows. Soon the skin in such of those spots loses its original color. It gets to be thick and glossy and scaly as the sickness progresses. The thickened spots become dirty sores and ulcers due to poor blood circulation. The skin, especially around the eyes and ears, begin to bunch with deep furrows between the swelling so that the face of the afflicted individuals begins to resemble that of a lion. Fingers drop off or their body absorbs their fingers. Toes are affected the same way. The affected person's throat becomes hoarse. And now you can not only see, feel, and smell the leper, but you can hear his throat begin to close. And if you stay with him for some time, you can even begin to have a peculiar taste in your mouth as your taste buds begin to absorb the stench. But this story in Second Kings chapter 7 shows that there's nothing impossible with God. This is a message to those that feel trapped in your circumstances, hemmed in by a disease that has not even affected you or your family yet. This message is, the, are, is those who are in fear, frustration, inner conflict. You are a misfit. You're broken with seemingly no way to put those pieces back together. You see, in this story, one of the largest forces in the world at that time, the Assyrian army forces, had surrounded the city of Samaria and had cut off all lines of communication and, in fact, had blockaded the whole city. No one could either enter or leave the city. As a result of this total blockade, and this is somewhat happening now within our own borders, the food supply within the city of Samaria had begun to dwindle. It wasn't long before they called a state of an emergency. And as people in the city were starving to death, in fact, the word tells us that so great was the crisis that not even the wealthiest could afford to obtain a morsel of bread. Some people had even resorted to killing and eating their own children. In the midst of all of this, as it always is in times of a crisis, the people began to seek after God. It's not uncommon to turn to God when you're in trouble. Not the, oh God, get me out of this mess cry, but the genuine pleas for God's intervention. For example, at the 9-11 attacks, millions and millions of people in America went to church immediately after the attacks. Our lives were shaken to the core. There was no stability in our nation. For three months, People flocked to churches and fervently prayed for God's intervention. Then when the country seemed more stable, the people stopped attending church and they gave every excuse in the book as to why they couldn't attend any longer. But I digress. Back to the story. People of the city sought counsel from the prophet Elisha. All the while, nobody knew about the conversation that the lepers were having. Elisha told the people that within 24 hours, God would deliver them, and they would have plenty of food again. And then there was a man standing nearby, according to the story, and he heard what Elisha had said, and he skeptically said, If the Lord made windows in heaven, might this thing be? In other words, 
to stir doubt within the starving people, this man voiced his opinion saying, I don't believe that any of this could happen, even if the Lord made a window in the sky. We are not going to survive this. This man was filled with doubt, and he was feeding the doubt among the people. Friends, those who are listening, doubt will never inherit the blessing. Elisha told the man that he will see the manifestation with his own eyes, but he will not be able to partake thereof. Meanwhile, the four lepers that God chose to bring up about deliverance were not the likely kind. And you may think to yourself, God can't use me. Really? Well, you'd be surprised what God can do. He can use you if you're willing, and he can use you even when you're not willing. God uses the, mis- the misfits, the broken, the lepers, the seemingly foolish to conf- confound those who think that they're mighty. God wants us to be used to speak into other people's lives, whether by words or actions. Who God chose in this story are four lepers who sat at the main gate of Samaria to beg for crumbs. They were broken, cast out, and starving to death, both physically and emotionally. Here they were, dying with no hope of salvation, no hope of eating one last morsel of food, no hope of living. When they hit rock bottom, they kept going down the abyss further and further. They were in a death trap. Their afflictions were enormous. And I do not believe that these four could suffer any more or tolerate any more than what they were already enduring. In the midst of their dilemma, faith began to stir in their hearts. Hope began to take hold. Somebody wrote, Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Doubt sees the obstacle while faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkness night while faith sees the light of day. Doubt fears to take a step while faith soars on high. And doubt screams, who believes? And faith answers, it is I. So these lepers sat there. They began to think about what they could do. There was a small glimmer of hope beginning to well up inside them. And even though they stared sickness, starvation, and death in the face, they asked themselves one question. It is a question that stirred their souls into action. It is a question that set them on the road to deliver their people. The question Why sit we here until we die? They could have asked themselves, why me? Why has this happened to me? What have I done to deserve this? Never done that before? I know I have. There are many unanswerable questions. Stop living in self-pity and ask, why am I sitting here? Turn your negative questions into positive action. These four lepers said, if we stay here, 
we are going to die. We cannot go back into the city, not only because of the famine, but we're just going to be tossed right back out. So we cannot go back there. We are going to die. So they decided to move forward to the camp of the Assyrian army. They moved in faith ever so slowly in the hope that they would receive mercy and maybe even a morsel of food. And they didn't waste any time during that day because, according to the story, they set out at twilight. It was their walk of faith. A walk of faith that was not easy. They were weak, full of sores and starving, yet they pressed on. They were sick, possibly with no toes. So can you imagine sores on the bottom of their feet with no toes, their equilibrium totally off? They could hardly walk. But they kept on walking. Danger and death stalked them at every step. And every step was agony. But you know what? They kept going. Finally, their faith brought them their deliverance. Faith brought them their victory. The story goes on to say that as those four lepers approached the camp of the Assyrian army, God caused the Assyrians to hear the thunderous sound of thousands of chariots and the roar of a charging army. So great was the fear that gripped this mighty Assyrian army that they panicked and fled into the night abandoning their tents full of riches and food, abandoning their horses and their donkeys, they left everything behind. The Assyrians did not know that there were only four men, leprous men, weak, scared, and almost dead men. As the lepers approached the camp, there was nobody there. The lepers ate until they could eat no more. They took riches and food and hid them so that they could come back later and still be able to survive. Then they went back into the city, which I could presume that they used either the horses or the donkeys to so do, so they could tell the people of the city what they'd found. The sad part of the story is that the man that doubted the word of Elisha, remember, Elisha told him that because of his doubt, that he would see deliverance, but not the taste of the food. Well, the story tells us that the man was trampled to death by the starving throngs of people in a mad rush to get to the Assyrian tents. Okay. Why do you think I just told you that story? I'm not trying to preach to you. But I told you a very good story. Allow me to explain the parallels of the lepers to the situation that the United States is in right now. Let me explain five points. Purpose. Why are we here? By every account, those lepers should have been dead. By every account, some of us should be dead. There should be no logical reason why we are still here. So we ask ourselves, why are we still here? If God has spared our lives, there has to be a reason for it. There 
is a purpose for your and mine life. For such a time as this, people, this is why. It's time that we step out in faith and begin to fight for our nation. I'm not willing to sit on my butt and allow 1% of the people in this country to take away our Constitution that I, my forefathers, and my brothers and sisters in arms swore to protect and fought for against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. Number two, let's hit motivation. Why do we do what we do? Some people know what their purpose is and what their motivation is behind what their actions are. Some people are just barely making the ends meet. Some people are looking for approval, acceptance, and recognition. Ultimately, we should do what we believe that we are called to do. When we do what we are called to do, then we are really living in the sweet spot of our lives. What is your skill set? Do you have nothing to offer? Says who? Everyone has something to offer. I do not care who you are or what your age is or what your circumstances are. You have something to offer. You have wisdom. You have words. You have encouragement. You can actually give someone hope. How about resources? Why do I have what I have? These lepers had nothing but painful, blistering, festering sores all over their body. Disfigurement. They'd been stripped of everything and anything of value in their lives. They were thrown out of their own city, away from their own families, into the desert to die. Yet they refused to die without a fight. They moved forward in faith. God gave them an amazing amount of wealth and food for their step of faith. God gave them all the wealth and food so they could help others, even in their condition. Use what resources that you have to make a difference. But Kate, I don't have anything. What resources do you have? Go into your house and see what resources you have. Do you have an extra jacket to give a homeless man? Do you have an extra blanket to give someone that is cold? Make a difference. Step out and make a difference. How about friends? Who is going with you on your journey? You need to ask this one question to yourself. Who's coming with me? Because, okay, what if those lepers or one of those lepers would have said something like, no, I don't have it in me to go. I'm not going. I don't want to do this. The others would probably not have followed. And had that happened, we'd never know their story. And they would have died outside of the enemy's camp. Who we surround ourselves with determines whether or not you get to the destination that God has called you to get to. So we need to make wise choices in our friendships, in our relationships, and one of the most important, in our spouse. Do you have like-minded friends and relationships with people who will help you on your journey so that you can encourage them on their journey as well? 
If not, then I submit to you. You need to find some of those like-minded friends and build those relationships. How about baggage? That, what are you carrying with you? Imagine, if you will, those lepers showing up and they get all of this treasure, all of this wealth, all of this food. They would have definitely had trouble getting all of that back to the city, even with horses and mules. They probably would have not arrived at their destination after that. They had to be very careful about what they chose to carry for their way back to the city to prove that all of this had transpired. I think that many people, whether they're good things or bad things, we all carry things on our journey that we should not have. So what baggage do you have? We all have skeletons in our own closet. So I'd be careful about pointing fingers at someone else's skeleton. Unless you're perfect, of course. So let's do this. Look at the Democrats. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the Clintons, the Obamas, Pelosi, Schumer, all of them. Antifa, Black Lives Matter. Compare them to the Assyrian army. They're proud, beating their chests, rattling their sabers, as if they wield all power and authority. Yet deep down, they know that they're cowards, especially when there's a force larger than them. And that force steps up and marches towards them. Leprosy is a vivid and graphic physical picture of the spiritual defilement of a particular sin. Just as in the radical left, abortion, murder, rape, robbery, human defilement, human trafficking, and the list goes on. Their sin is an ugly, loathing stench, incurable and contaminated. It separates them from God, and it will make them outcasts. And as leprous garments are fit only for the fire, so those who die clothed in these sins will forever burn. Six one four, you're live on the air. You're live on the air. Hello. Uh, Hello, Kaiser. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me there, uh, Sister? 95 Bravo. I can hear uh, you, brother. That's right. This is uh, Kaiser. I uh, want to tell you, that's awesome. I love everything you're saying. Uh, and I see where you're drawing the diagram exactly to the Democrat. Because one of the things people thought to remember, and just like with this election, back in the day, Rex 84 was written, uh, Guess who the primary uh, drafter was? Who? And that was under Reagan and Bush Sr. Uh-huh. And the primary drafter was the guy who's running for president, who was vice president last time, uh, Joe Biden, Joseph Biden. And 
what that graph ended up becoming, and a lot of people fail to realize this, and that's why it's so important what you said today, um, it became after Bush Jr. got it, you know, 9-11 happened, once he got attacked, that whole system we're seeing now and we're living under, including the FISA court. This is why Hillary, him, Obama, all of them knew how to work this, is because of one reason. Biden wrote it with other people, and he knew how to manipulate it. That's where the Democrats love to live, in the legalese. Yes, they and do. the most important, yes, they do. You know that, sister. And these people have gotten away with this for that one reason. And Biden, he's full-on dementia. Nobody can doubt that at all. You can already see it. Even when he was with Trump, they had him so hopped up on stuff, I wouldn't even believe it. But the funny part about it is he knew that line in verse. It's just like with my memory. I'm getting older. Uh, I remember the old stuff. The new stuff slips my mind. And I saw that with him. And I'm like, oh, I see where you're going with this. When he's blaming Trump for this, that, and the other. And also disjointed thing. And it makes me laugh at this point. Remember, the person you elect as president will become president. And that's something everybody needs to measure. Because you are about to elect a communist regime. And uh, if you doubt me, look at Soros's um, DA project, and you'll see she was a part of it. But, you know, Democrats have their, like you were saying, with leopards, lepers. She is a part of that process. Mm -hmm. It's horrible for our nation. If he gets elected, he's not controlling anything. She will Correct. control this. And I do believe that Pelosi's 25th Amendment thing, it's not about Trump, not at all. It's about removing him. And that's why they're doing this right now. And these Dems, the, and I'm not talking, I'm not talking about the neo-prog or the neo-con. Those people are lost. They have their own agenda. And it's deep state. We both know this. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the Dems, the old school Dems that are still alive, that will vote this time. They aren't all dead yet. And they're just misinformed because they watch TV where you, I, Angel, and everybody else, we look at the Internet. And to them, that's like witchy, witchy, woo-woo. Your thoughts? I agree. I totally agree. Um, there are so yeah. much. There's so much going on behind the scenes that a lot of people they speculate and contemplate and stick out there for conjecture. Yet, if you look at the facts, if you look at past history of Joe Biden 
and Kamala Harris, all of them. Look at what they've done. Look at what they have not done. And look at what they have destroyed. And that is what the United States is going to be if they steal the election. And they're going to cry. The DA project, if people don't know, that was funded by Soros. Right. The only thing you guys can do on this voting cycle, if there's a DA coming up, you need to ask people where was their funding from and look at it through Alexander Soros, George Soros. There's a myriad of ways they're hiding. Um, Anyways, I don't want to hijack your program. I'm just saying tonight's show is even more epic than your last show. I appreciate that. Thank you, Kaiser. Thank you, sister. Have a good night. Bye. That was a good call. Thank you, Kaiser, for the call. Um, We were talking about looking at the Democrats and comparing them to the Assyrian army. Now let's look at the United States and our Constitution and the people that make up this country within the borders of our great nation. Compare them to Samaria being choked and starved by the Democrats scratching for control to try to destroy us all so they can have pseudo-power. And then look at the lepers and compare them to us. I am not saying we have sores all over our bodies, but we are the outcasts. We are the misfits. We are the ones that certain powers that be claim that we are the ones with the stench and the defilement. Yet God is on our side. And we are healed. He is going before us when we take our step of faith. It is time, my friends. It's time to take our country back and restore what belongs to us. All we need to do is step out in faith. One step at a time do not lead me for I will not follow blindly do not follow me because I'm not a leader walk beside me and we can conquer the evil that plagues our nation and we can take our country back I'm not making a call to arms I'm just saying the first step right now is to get out there to the polls And I'm not saying send it in. Go to the polls. Vote on November 3rd. Whatever happens after that will determine the rest of the story. Are you willing to take that step of faith? Are you willing, no matter how much it hurts, to go out there and make a difference? Isaiah 6-8 reads, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go before us? Then said I, I am here. Send me. Can you see the comparison? Can you hear the words of those lepers? Why do we sit here until we die? We can't stay here. If we stay where we are, we're going to die. If we go back to where we were, we are going to die. 
But if we go forward, there is hope. There is a chance. And they took that step of faith. What step of faith are you willing to do? We're misfits. We're broken. And we are the only ones here to pick up the pieces and rebuild. My friends, it's time to rebuild. This ends the broadcast for me tonight. Thank you for joining me beside my campfire. This next month, as that Republican senator said, we need to expect more and more attacks against our freedoms, our president, and our constitution. We need to be ready. We need to be vigilant. Train hard. Train smart. To survive, thrive, and stay alive. This is Around the Campfire with Kate, signing off. Until next time. But America is dying I don't see no love nowhere You say you love this country And the freedoms that we share But America is dying I don't see no love nowhere They say America is dying They say America is dead But there's a lot of people lying And there's a lot left unsaid But we got people in the streets Freezing while they sleep with no shoes on their feet and we got people in the sheets cheating on their wives and they're speaking with deceit. Let's go. And we got crooked politicians, crooked as a question mark, destroying our traditions. Yup. And we got people in positions teaching all our kids that their gender's a decision. No way. No way. We got a media that lies. 24/7 fake news on your minds. your minds. Socialism's on the rise. Left wing nut jobs crying all the time. All the time. But we gotta stand up tall. Head up high. Gotta build that wall. Like it's America solo, red, white, and blue, and we might like a movo. But let me keep it real for a minute. Let me talk about the real reason that I did it. Let me talk about the gospel now that I'm with it. And let's talk about the fact that we need Jesus for a minute. And that's the problem that we got. We lost our thrones and we lost our thoughts. Man, we lost our homes and we lost our hearts. And we lost all hope and we forgot about God. Bring him back. Bring him back. You say you love this country. You say you really care, but America is dying, I don't see no love nowhere. We've been given one chance to pass the torch, to do the dance, freedom's last chance. We can't fail the only man who don't ride by the people, and stuck it to the man. I fought the fight against the evil, it's DG 2020, if you can't see past the media smoke screen, you're funny like a clown, joke a man, joke around, joke a man, media smoke, joke a man, out, joke a man, sing it. You can blame it on anything. You can blame it on the right, you can blame it on the left, you can blame it on anyone Till there's no one left to blame but yourself Don't let the hate throw, don't let it take you Past the point where you're too blind to see America is dying You say you love this country, you say you really care But America is dying, I don't see no love nowhere America is dying I don't see no love, no